Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? and gentlemen, Florida, 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 however the fuck you say it, we are amongst sexy people. Yeah, but this camera angle gives me some of the best titties I've ever had. It's kind of, you kind of got like a Martin Scorsese downward up, like a, like kind of like in the Bronx tale when they were stomping the shit out of the bikers. should Should we give it a little, a little, a little shift? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get no better than that. We're, we're working with some uh, a new uh, camera stand, so. Yeah. But we're trying to improve for all you people that are trying to give us tips. Oh, and believe me, I got an email on someone <laughs> who wants to talk about how shitty, how, how shitty our production is. Uh, so This was always meant just to be an audio podcast. Yeah, but then, you know, we had to expand since, you know, uh, that's how the game is played. So... Uh, we're we're trying new shit. That's all. All right, listen, man. Um, let, let me let y'all know we got a lot on the plate. Um, so this is probably we should break this up. Yeah, as a two parter. Yeah, because uh, we got a lot on the plate, and plus we're not gonna be together for how long? Do you know? Just, just two weeks. Is we're, it just two weeks? Yeah, we're back on the eighth. In uh, if everything works the way that it's supposed to, on the eighth we'll be in Virginia Beach. Oh really? Yeah. All right. Fuck it. Uh, I think the first thing I'm I'm gonna bring up is my man. Tom Cruise, him going on his yelling spree. Look at that, comes right up on fucking <laughs> of course it does. YouTube. Okay, so this is my man uh, who I had the pleasure of working with, and uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, his one line to me, uh, say hello to Rod Tidwell, or to my brother TP. Hey TP, hey brother Maguire. So that was it. Um, for those of you who don't know, but I'm sure most of you do, Tom Cruise was on the set of Mission Impossible, uh, was yelling at some people from the crew because apparently, I guess somebody wasn't following COVID-19 protocol and they weren't wearing their masks. And they were closer than six feet to each other. Closer than six feet. And what's kind of wild about this to me is, let me just say, if you, if, if you didn't know Tom or you never met him and this was your first introduction to him, you would think he's batshit crazy. One, he's not wrong. 
Uh, so let's state that. And then two, he's one of the nicest human beings on the planet. So to hear him lose his shit uh, was kind of great to me. So <laughs> it, it made you feel that even the nicest human being on the face of the earth can lose his shit. Can lose his okay. shit. Did you ever hear the the, the, the the shit with Christian Bale? Yes. When he lost his shit? Yeah. yeah. But Christian Bale seems like he might. Be a dick. Or have dick tendencies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tom's not like that. So without further ado, do uh, here is Thomas Cruise. If I can just hold this motherfucker right. All right, here we go. Yelling. You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers! And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs, you I don't ever want to see it again! Ever! And if you don't do it, you're fired. And I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it! And you too! And you too! And you! Don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies. You can tell it to the people that are losing their homes because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night. first heard that because I, I heard it on television. Um, oh, TMZ? TMZ. They didn't play that long. and it, they, they, they gave half of that. So what I didn't hear on TV that I just now heard was the guy going, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hearing the guy who yeah. he, whose ass he was chewing out. Here's my question. If you're that guy, not only are you embarrassed beyond belief because he, he, he did it in front of everybody, and it's been on TV and it's all over the internet. Do you still watch Tom Cruise movies if you were a fan? Yeah. I, I would think so because if you did that, right. that caused him to, to react that way. Now, here's the thing that maybe some people aren't going to get because I saw another clip of it too. Right. Um, 
And by the way, I wasn't staring at Aries' dick is what it looks like on this. <laughs> you have to tell his, people that shit. His, uh, his, uh, yeah, my, my phone was on my lap, lap and he was and staring at that. Bit. Yeah, I just, I just wanted you to know because I looked over at the camera out of the corner of my eye and I go, it looks like I'm looking at his dick. Um, uh, so here, here's they to do the production. Right. And when he's talking about there was two people, I guess, on one machine. Mm-hmm. And they had that six feet protocol. And they have extra machines, they have extra editing, they have extra uh, sound equipment, they have extra to be able to do these movies. They, they're spending a lot of money, right. m- even more money on the production to make these movies. So if they're doing all that and you get, a, and you know, you're working through your day, I don't know how many hours you, you've been at work. I don't know um, what, uh, what time you got up that morning. And you got people that you're friendly with. And we all know through COVID that when you get friendly with someone, yeah, you get a little bit more relaxed. Maybe the mask comes right. off, you know, because you feel that they're safe, you're safe. Um, and next thing you know, Tom Cruise is walking by, and you're both are looking at this uh, film, uh, and you're both staring into like I, I don't know, if it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I thought it was set, they were looking at um, uh, a video screen together, and he lost his shit. And you know, when he as he loses his shit, and he says something, there was one thing that I caught in there that I, I thought was. Um, where it wasn't just yelling, just right. mad. He said people uh, are losing their, you know, other homes. They can't afford things. Can't send their kids to college. That, right. that one hit because I know so many people that are saying, yeah, my kids aren't having a, a good college experience because um, they're going to school. But they're. do you know how many people, because they're, they can't afford to go to college now, that we're going to have a whole group of people that for this for almost a two year period that may not ever get back to college. Not that college is the end all be all, but right. you have a kind of an idea of what you want to do. You might want to go to college. You you have to work to pay for things. Now you might have to work another two years just to catch up, and now you're not you're going to miss out on college. Right. So uh, when I heard him say that, that hit me in a different way too. Like I mean, he's really being like you said, he's a nice guy. Right. I believe he was being very thoughtful in his head about how much they're going through to provide these thousands of jobs and how these people are that I don't want to say it that way that people's lapse of judgment for just a moment could end up shutting down a whole multi-million dollar movie that he and the production and everybody's put money into this film has gone out of their way to to do it felt like that tirade was a roller coaster in the sense that look I, I'm not I, I definitely feel he was sincere in his what he you know what he said and what he felt and the situation um but i also gotta go he's an actor and when there's an audience and you're the the dude he's the man and there's the ego there's an instinct to perform yeah and it felt like just when he was calming down like realizing dude you're chewing these guys asses out you know you're embarrassing them they get it. And just when it seemed like he was about to turn back to nice guy, like, look, dude, all I'm saying is, and you don't fucking, then it went back to roller. It was, it was, it was up and down in terms of, is he calming down? Now he's irate. Calming down? Now he's, now he's irate. So again, I'm not, I'm not questioning his sincerity because I believe that he believed what he was doing was right. And he's right. Yeah. But, you but, know. But you can be right and wrong at the same time. Yes, and I'm just and I'm just wondering, you know, again with the ego, he's flexing. Who's gonna say shit to him and say, "Nigga, go fuck yourself"? This is Tom Cruise. Not only will you be fired, 
But a word from him will get you canned out the business where you won't be able to work no more. If you a grip, a lighting person, whatever your technical job is, if Tom says, fuck you, dude, you're done. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, that caught me, there was that there's some funny, really funny things in there. When he goes, you can almost picture him doing this. And, and it's almost Trump-like. That's the thing that bothered me about it. Right. Because, and then you're fired. And you. And you. And then he stops for a second. It looks like he was looking around to find someone else. Right, right. And you. Right. And you, that, that That's part, what I'm saying. Yeah. That part might feel like. Were you performing like, like you know what I mean? It it did have a it the way it went up and down like you said a roller coaster. It did have a little uh, Shakespearean kind of feel. Towards to the end, I really thought t- towards that very end, I really thought he was, especially when you heard the dude go, "Yes, sir, no, yes." Yeah. I, I, I it felt like once dude acknowledged, "Yes, Mister Cruz," he was gonna bring it down and go, "Look, man." But you know what I'm saying? Just just don't do that because it, but then it went back. Yeah, up he into, had, he had the gas after yeah. that because. I, I, but like you said, he's not wrong. Um, he could have maybe handled it a little differently. Right. But I, I, I think like when you said the, the question originally was, would you still watch his movies? Yeah, because I, I still think that that didn't come from a place where he wanted to demean people. I think he's very passionate about COVID and the situation and getting people jobs and work because he's gonna. You know what? He could be fine. Right. He doesn't have to work. That guy? No, no, no. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh, right, right, Tom right. Tom Cruise could go, well, there's a lot of COVID. Um, you know, I know the industry's hurting, but, right. you know, I, I made $20 million oh, on, on 10 movies already. for life. Yeah. He's secure. Yeah, at this point, he's just so, doing it. So he's doing it either because he loves to do it and also because he, I think he, he what he said, he really believed. There's right. thousands of people that I'm creating thousands of jobs. I, I, I don't know that I would, could watch him anymore. Really? Yeah, if you chew me out like that, I, I, you know, and again, what can you do? You can either choose to go, hey, f- go fuck yourself and stand up, yeah. but you know the consequences of that. But you also know but, you're wrong. Okay, be that as it may, your manhood has been yeah, checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, now nah, I don't know that I could feel like I could watch this motherfucker's movies knowing that this is the dude who made me feel like a bitch in front of everybody. But, but, everybody, everybody. And okay, now I'm imagining something. Because you said right. Tom Cruise is one of the nicest people. So I'm going to imagine something. Right. So if you believe that Tom Cruise is one of the nicest people, yes. and Tom Cruise heard himself go off. And there is different tones in that, like you said. Other, like, like there was the passionate one at the very beginning, and then it kind of became like a soliloquy. Like he right, just, right. He, he, he turned, yeah, you said that smooth, he, uh, Almost. Nigga. I really thought about it as he was coming out. <laughs> you said words far worse than were less. <laughs> yeah, so he, he brings it out that way. And, and don't you think, though, at some point he went to the people that he really – and, and, and said, uh, man, I know that that came off harsh. I'm, I'm, I don't need you to apologize. I'm not apologizing for right. what I said. But, you know, don't. Th- this is a very serious uh, matter here. You mean after the fact? After the fact. Because if he's that guy that you say he is. Right. You think he did that? I- I'm sure once he calmed down and he knew. Because there's a point in there when he was very serious and then he kind of calms down a little bit, but then he goes back into it. And I think what, in my, because you don't see, they don't have the, it's, right. it's, it's showing when I watched the video, it was showing just other things. It's not yeah, showing yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise. Um, I think, it, you know, because afterwards, and he goes, and you'll be fired. If you don't do this, if you don't watch it, you're fired. You're fired. Like on the right. second round. And then I think he made it went after, not after anybody, but just like saying, you know, you'll be fired. Right. Trying to make up for what he just did. I think that, and that's why I think it went back up because he wanted to hit that with the same passion as you called him an actor. Right. To uh, convey that to everyone so it didn't feel as horrible to, 
to those people. That's why I think it went like that. Right. And I don't know if he would say anything to anybody else. I don't know him. You do. So well, I don't know him, know him. But like I said, from from but being you saw him on set. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a super cool dude. I think that if he if if he he definitely would have had to have said to me on a side note, pulled aside, look, man, blah 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 blah. I'm calmer. Da 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 da. da. And then maybe I could have found myself going, okay. But if he just did that and that was it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Well, and also you have uh, – it's not filmed. It's the you, you have that audio. So if right. you would have saw the people that he was pointing at and he would have called right. them out like that, yeah. then that would be maybe a little bit different. Got you. And, and did he, he didn't know it was being recorded, did he? I want to say no, but – Damn, you on a set. set. You have to know, you know that there's I mean? microphones and, 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 and even when even when you're not on a set, we live in a world where everybody records Record everything. It, yeah. And if you're Tom Cruise, if you're any celebrity, you once whatever if there's a situation, yeah, uh camera action. Do you think the uh Church of Scientology called him into the office to have a little conversation and With Tom? Yeah, how we Tom, I we appreciate your passion. Uh, uh, hey, here's how you might want to handle. I, this. Be, I don't want to touch Scientology. <laughs> Niggas end up just disappearing. Um, I didn't say anything about it. I said they called no, me I, for I, coaching I, and counseling. No, I, I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I just, you know, niggas just go poof and they're missing <laughs> with Scientology. <laughs> so, I want to talk about uh, what's popping right now in terms of this vaccine. Um, you taking it? And I, I know I think I've we, we, I asked you that yeah. question before. I've had COVID, so I have antibodies. I don't feel like any need to rush out and take it. Right. Um, I'm, and even if I did feel the need to rush out and take it, I wouldn't be in the in line to get COVID. I'm probably like the third or fourth uh, round because they're going to go with all – as they're doing right now, and we're right. watching it unfold in New York. They're doing all the um, – the people who with pre-existing conditions, the people who are in the most danger, and all the healthcare workers, all the people on the front lines. So I, I'm, I know I'm several stages back anyway. But if it was offered to me tomorrow, I, I would take it. Uh, I would take the. Uh, I think it's the Moderna. 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 It's the. And you said soliloquy so, so well, smoothly. I think it's Moderna. Right. I, I, I. That's the one that's supposed to have the the least amount of. Uh, uh, reaction. Did you see the footage of the uh, one doctor, D.L. Hewley, posted it where the syringe was empty or something about when they pushed down on it, it was already pushed down? down. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying it was fake. Um, I guess my real concern or my real question is this. Because, uh, of course, the word is black people don't want to fuck with it. Uh, the majority of black people don't want to fuck with it. And listen, there's history. I, there's history, but here's the thing, and I want to tread lightly here because I get it. The Tuskegee thing, even though it was a long time ago, it still is is an indelible. Uh, uh, what you just said, the word you just said, history, history. Um, and you know, look, this is America. America has a history of fucking niggas over. But at what point do we stop always believing there's a boogeyman? out to get us um, because, I, and again, listen, I, I say that lightly because I know and I understand the, 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 the hesitation, the pause, the skepticism. I get it. But we can't always feel like everything is about boogeymen and the man trying to kill us and fuck us over. A lot of black people are dying because of COVID. So if this thing 
can help save some black lives? Are we not going to do this because we believe in a boogeyman? Um, if I, I obviously we have video now proof I'm not black, uh, but if <laughs> I but with the history and understanding that history. Right. If if I was black and I went to go get my shot and they took uh, and I saw a white dude get the shot and then they went to a different box to get my shot, right. then I would have a problem. Right. I'd be like, no, I want it out of that box that you just got the white dude's uh, right. uh, shot out. I, but there has like for the polio vaccine, for the vaccines that we take, everybody takes that vaccine. Uh, when you say the boogeyman, I think America has done some really fucked up shit and i'm not i'm not denying that but it's also has vaccines that have proven to work well to keep us all healthy so but not all and this is where someone's going to get in this is where you why you say tread lightly there is effects to to the vaccines well there's effects to everything there's side effects to everything yeah and 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 not all people are susceptible to those effects but you, you like, have, like, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not ahead, to no, joke, go but, but somebody had pointed out how they showed the video of the one chick, the nurse, who took it, and she fainted immediately. And of course, niggas was, ah, oh, you see? And it, when I dug a little deeper into the matter, and this is why, you know, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost like regretfully saying this, but this is why I got to go to what you said about the media and getting the whole truth. F- turns out, that nurse faints often because in stressful situations, she had a history of fainting. So while everybody's going boogeyman, boogeyman vaccine, unless you did your homework, that wasn't the case. So that's why I'm sitting here. Like, again, I, I, I get the history. I can understand the, 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 you know, uh, the pause, but this pandemic has, 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 you know, we're at 300, over 300,000 deaths, you know, and we want to get back to normal. And I've heard people respond to me and go, we'll never get back to normal. Yeah, we will. Everything always goes back to normal. Remember, when 9-11 first popped off, you couldn't walk through the airport without seeing dudes in, in uniform, soldier uniforms carrying fucking rifles or whatever. They're automatic weapons. Now we're back to normal. I mean, yeah, things have changed in terms of security measures and the machines have upgraded and are more sophisticated. But for the most part, we're back to normal. Well, there's always a new normal. Like okay, we, we there pro- you go. We progress. We, we hopefully progress. Right. Uh, but we should be absent of the fear. And that's what, you know, when you brought up 9-11, that's what kind of moved along. We got absent. Of the, we, we started to understand what it was move along and and we start to live life in more of a, a less fearful way right. of a, of a terrorist attack. Um, same thing with this. I think it's going to like, people are still going to get COVID even after this uh, vaccine or whatever, but it's not going to be where you walk out your door. And if you touch something, uh, you fearful that you're going to bring it into the house and, and kill your grandmother. Or if you do get it, they can it's, cure it. It's survivable. It's, it's a lot more survivable. Yeah. But I understand the fear uh, of people with this. I, like you said, with the with the nurse, you do you do need the whole story because um, I know people when they when they do flu shots. Uh, I know uh, people pass out from the flu shot. I mean, people get stressed out and they have right. problems with needles anyway. Um, but as we progress and we we find out what our new normal is. 
that's where it be. That's when life is normal again. And and like you said, you you're very positive outlook on it. We're gonna we're gonna get there. I just don't know how soon we're gonna get there. Well, listen. If even if it's at a crawl at at a, at a crawl's pace, um, as long as we're moving, because the more we move, the more we get it out, the more people that get it. Again, even if it is a new normal, it's getting back to normal because this shit absolutely stinks. You know, we, we we took a pizza break, and while we were eating pizza, we were watching 30 for 30, uh, Best of Enemies, Lakers Celtics. And, you know, I, I, before I came to your room today, Brian Gumbel and Real Sports, they were talking about the year in sports, a wrap-up. And it's just, you know, I didn't know the NBA season started. And then they went from car, uh, cardboard cutouts and electronic people to completely covering all the seats to where there's no one in the stands and they're playing uh, uh, crowd, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, the sound, the crowd sounds? Crowd, crowd sounds, like 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 uh, uh, like when you watch television, a laugh track. Oh, okay. Crowd laugh track, like a crowd track of people cheering and that's just so fucking corny. This is so fucking corny. But that's that's for energy for the players. But I mean, do the players uh, get energy? I mean, I would like to ask a player if you. Get I would energy think. From listen, it. dude. I, 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 look, they seem like when they're playing the game, they're in it. Because once you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. So it's almost like before you made pro, you played with just you and your boys at the park, and you were in it a hundred percent without a crowd. So that that instinct is always going to be. Uh, 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 there. Yeah, but the energy level wouldn't. When, you know, when I'm in New York and I end up at a place where they're playing some ball and you see that crowd develop the game gets better as that happens so they do need that but one, I, one of the anchors on the brian gumbel thing said here's my assessment fans matter yeah and they do they matter and it was that kind of like pissing me off when soledad o'brien and a couple of, of the female anchors were trying to say you know I think the new normal is watching it on TV. We don't have to go to the games. And I don't want to relegate this to what a woman thing to say. Because I know, like, Shamor is a diehard sports fan. And there are lots of women who are diehard sports fans. But it's like, come on, man. This shit is an event. It's, it's, it's an event. It's, it, it's, it's tribalism. You know, to, to, to be able to be in the atmosphere and see an, a, a crowd either celebrate that their team is winning or be heartbroken – that's all part of the game. It is. It is because you you go. You don't go to the game to watch the game. You go to the game for the atmosphere. Like yeah. you said, you go there to be part of something. I mean, everybody talk. No, no one says. Well, they do say that. But when you're watching a game on TV and you say, "Hey, did you see that home?" But there's a big difference between watching on TV and go. I was there when he hit that home. Yeah. So the the, the, the moments of ooh and ah. You know, yeah, you can see it on TV, but there's nothing like being there. I don't want to get too off track okay. from the vaccine thing, though, because I want to ask you this. Um, you know, these stimulus checks, yeah, these these $600 stimulus checks. And I'm going to say this, and I, I, I know this is going to – I don't want to be blasphemous because how dare you ever say America's not the greatest country in the world. But how long are we going to keep pretending? Like, like – other countries have health care for free. We're one of the countries where millions of motherfuckers don't have health care. We're the largest industrialized country that doesn't have health care for all. And this is how well our government looks out for us. A $600 stimulus check. Now, there's something I want to play for two reasons. One, I want to see what you think about it. 
And then two, uh, I, I want you to tell me if you really think it's funny. Um, <laughs> George Carlin, uh, saw this on, on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> it's talking about, here, here it is. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your Social Security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all, at all, at all. Man. You know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on. The fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. Okay, now before, before you, you answer this, I respect George Carlin up the ass. I, I do. Anybody that does what we do it's like fighters who fight. You know, you respect anybody that gets inside the squared circle. And maybe you'll tell me if, if there's something wrong with me. Where was any of that funny? It felt like a rant. And it felt like everybody going, woo. Where was the funny? See, now this, because he's exposing the truth in a way in that rant that people found, I guess, awakening and he did it. He does it as a comedian, so I guess they laugh at it, or they were applauding it. They weren't really laughing at it. The with Carlin, that's one of the reasons when people say that he is uh, uh, one of the greatest comedians. I have a little pushback. I, I believe he's, I do too. I believe he's in there, but but he talked. He he. 
and I don't want to even say after listening to that, he isn't talking down, but he's there's so much education going on and so much uh, of what he wants us to know. And there is humor. I mean, the dude was funny. There is funny. There is some specials that have a lot of funny. Okay, but in that, that, you chuckled maybe once, a little bit. But that's why I'm giving, and I'm going to go off the path here on what you just said. Uh, That's why I'm giving Dave so much credit right now. Because he's doing that, but in a way where he's... Funny. Yeah, he might. It it still is long. Dave isn't giving jokes like every minute or every. What is it supposed to be that every 20 seconds they're supposed to be a laugh is is the is what the manager or the the manual says. Yeah, the manual. Um, He ain't doing that. Dave is on another path. And I I think it's similar to this path, but with jokes every minute or something to to bring people in. but, but, But even when but even when Dave makes the joke, it's the joke. It's the joke. A lot of Carlin's stuff feels like rants of education where people go woo and clap because they agree. They're, but are they laughing? But come on. There's a lot of black comics that say things in black audiences, and the black audience is clapping, yeah, Because niggas love a sermon. Okay, so right. so that that has been going on in all kinds of comedy. It's not just Carlin right there. I've That's seen, fair. I've seen that in comedy forever but i don't i don't have anything to preach about so i i don't do that i have things that i this you know what i'm i i think we're this this we should change the name of the podcast to the spears and steinberg the spears and the growth of andy steinberg (laughs) (laughs) because i'm realizing something you say and something that i i realize i do um on stage i like to make things funny here I, i i take it too seriously sometimes and i say things and i don't even explain them well and that's the problem i heard you say to a guy last night who was a fan of the podcast and he said to you, and I'm, I, I might be paraphrasing here, that your energy on stage is different from your energy here. Yeah. And you said something to the effect of, you see them as two different things. And as I, I and as you were having that conversation, I was busy dealing with some making money, money, <laughs> <That's what> some, <laughs> yeah, some, some customers. But I wanted to say to you, but of course I didn't, and I wouldn't have. Because uh, that's not to be had at that time. They are the same. They're not different. It's it, the only difference is we don't have an audience. But whether we're talking about something poignant or important, as we can do on stage, whether it's you you talking about your your son with ADD and being on a spectrum, or whether it's me with anything racial. Um, but then like stage, we bring jokes to it, right? Which, you know, we do here. Uh, so but, they're the same. But here, it doesn't feel, it, there's, there's, to me, and this is what, what I'm learning, there's a more serious tone to it. And I'm, and I'm keeping that serious tone instead of trying to find the humor in it a lot of times. So that I can, right. I, I, so that I can you know, this, this is, and, and throw another comic in here that I think has used uh, podcasting to benefit himself. Bill Burr takes a lot of what he talks about and then... Works it out and, and develops it on stage, and I think he's right. gotten better because of it. So I need to relax on what part of my personality this is versus what part of my per- personality is on stage because they're both genuinely me. Right? There's just I'm just making one more prominent on this, and then one more prominent on stage of my personality. Well, and now back to what was originally said in terms of what he was saying. Um, and I think Chris Rock said this, but it was more about America's treatment towards black people. 
He said, America's like the uncle that molested you but paid your way through college. Um, It's a great line. Yeah, it is. But now let's extend that a little bit because I'm going back to my original thing. At the end of the day, is this the best country in the world? I'm supposed to say yes. And deep down, I believe it is. Um, Because I don't want to be the Dixie Chicks. Boo! But it's like, how long do we keep putting a shine on something that constantly stinks. Like, like, come on, man, $600 for a stimulus check? Everything that George Carlin has said when you realize that the big red, white, and blue is fucking you? Healthcare? Like, America's a great country, yes. But, but come on, man, something don't smell right. Um, it's worded incorrectly. America isn't the greatest country. America has the potential and always has had the potential. Well, anybody to be the, has potential. No, no, no. It's written in a way that we have the potential through three branches of government to actually become the greatest country ever. We, we do have that potential, whether we act on it or not. Well, when are we going to act on it? Because America's been around for how long? Okay. And we've never. And so we still show in potential. Well, At some point, potential becomes a bust. We immigrate more people to this country than any other country. In, uh, all the bigger countries combined, we immigrate more people here every year. So people from other countries are seeing the potential. They come here because of the potential and the, uh, the, the opportunity because there's more opportunity in, in this country because of the way things are set up than any other country. Uh, you don't get the same rights that you have in other countries. Now, I'm not saying some of the, our sm- some of the smaller European countries have uh, uh, socialized medicine, everything's set up, but they're smaller countries. They can, they can manage it. They're not at this size. At this size, it becomes harder to manage because, okay, you say $600. But by all the people that are in this country, that's a lot more money than some of the small countries have that's going to spend on their, uh, on their Medicaid or whatever, their socialized medicine. Um, it, that's, a major, that's a lot more money than they're spending in a month on socialized medicine or maybe over even the year. I don't know. I, I, I'm, 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 now I'm bullshitting because I'm not, I, I don't have the numbers. I just know that it's a lot of money because of the amount of people we have versus some of the smaller countries that are showing how it works. But you have you, when you expand that model and you have more people, it's harder to do that. When you have more people coming in every year, it's harder to do that. That's when we start getting into more deeper conversations where you go immigration and everybody's going, well, let everybody come. You know, you can't because it, the people that are here are paying for what's here and then they're paying for the people that are coming and they're not, there's, no, there's no resources. It's not about just – when you say money, it's about resources. You have to have the, everything for everyone, or we're just going to we're creating a more we're creating more poverty in the country. You know, if you can figure out a way to immigrate in a way that brings people in, a less illegal immigration because we we figured out an immigration policy to bring people in, then we can also figure out a way to. Um, do socialized medicine, do the other things we have to do, because I know that in some of these countries that we're talking about, um, there are other countries connected to them where people will come over illegally and use their system, use their products in other countries. And at our size, we can't do that with the millions of people that we bring in already legally. So when you say, is it the greatest country? I would say it has the, I go back to saying it has the potential to be the greatest country. It's still the country that offers the most amount of opportunity to its new residents when they do get here. But 
we have to control that. It, it needs to be controlled in a way and grow our social programs. And this is the one part that bothers me the most is that I believe that our capitalist country has worked in a way that has provided uh, science, uh, arts, um, uh, wealth, uh, people coming here from other places and may not have had the opportunities. We have that. Our, our problem is, I, you know what? We have a lot more problems than what I'm, what I'm about to say. I, I'm sorry. For me, it's a yeah, but. Is it the greatest country? Yeah, but. Like, and that's why when you say potential, again, potential never maximized or capitalized. At some point, you're a bust. Where, where would you, you go? How, how, how long are you going to keep riding on potential? Where would you, you? Have, you, have to, you have to make good on, on – you have to get past potential. Where do you want to go then? You mean somewhere else? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Nowhere else. Okay, so then in, in that theory, in that, that, little, that little space, if there's no other country you want to go to, it's either two reasons. One, you're not educated on other countries that you could possibly have a better situation on, or you've already realized that this is the greatest place for you to be. There, it would be the greatest country that you have the choice to be in. Yeah, I, I hear you. Like, like, like when you ask that question, no, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Listen, I, and like I said, I haven't been everywhere, but I've been to Europe. I've been to Africa. I've been in the Middle East. America is the... I prefer America. Well, but God damn it. It goes back to the opportunity. And then I, where I got off track was when I was saying that the capitalism part of this country is great, but it needs a socialist safety net for the people that aren't doing well, right. for the people that need socialize. Man, I, I, I get too emotional about this when I talk about uh, health care. Man, it is great that some people have great health care policies and can afford them. It's great that our... Uh, all of our uh, politicians, uh, elected officials, have great health care. We need health care for the people, and it should be a right, because you shouldn't have to die because you don't have uh, access to more ca- more money that you can't afford to spend. Right now, it's $1,100 for a two-person family base, about $1,100 for private health insurance. If I don't have that much money uh, a year, I have to die from something that would maybe be a few hundred dollars a month to cure? It's not. That's where our country takes a turn that I, I feel is so important for us to fix. And that's. And when you say that, and you could go to Sweden or Denmark, and you have coverage. I guess if you're sick, man, this isn't the greatest country America in the world. America is like Harold Minor. <laughs> I can't wait baby, to hear this, baby Jordan. I can't wait. To I'm hear just this. saying, all that potential, all that potential. Um, should we move on? We, yeah, but we just have to we have to figure out a way. We've taken care of the rich so long, and they have plenty of money. Oh, I, there's a disagreement that I have in that Carlin thing that, right. that I want to say. He said it's a big club, and we're not part of it. It's not a big club. It's a very oh, I agree, small I, I club. I agree with that. It's, it's, it's less than 20 families in the world to control the property, the money, uh, oil reserves. Uh, it, it's a very small group. It's such a small group that controls it. And everything else, I, what Carlin said, I do agree with. And that's why, when, before we get off this, and I said I wasn't going to talk about this again, the media again. I'm not saying it right. It's not the media. It, it, it's, it's what I should say. It's the journalist. Because when it's a big company, and they're talking about how many people actually bring you your news, 
the companies that own them are controlling what's happening. And, and uh, a, a person recently came out that Andrew, who was, I'm, I'm going to forget his last name, the Asian dude who was also running. On, oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know about goddamn Asian. Andrew, it's Andrew who was his first Yang? Name. Yeah, I think it was Yang. Andrew Yang. Yang yeah. Lee, one of them. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, MSNBC actually uh, kind of railroaded him a little bit because he was getting good polling numbers. He was doing well, but he wasn't the choice. He wasn't the choice for the Democrats. So they instructed not to do pieces on An- on on Andrew. What did you say? It was he? Chow. No, you didn't. <laughs> Lin Yang. They they didn't do pieces on him. And an MSNBC reporter said something about it and left. That's the rare case. So what I'm saying, when I'm talking about media, I should be saying journalists. And then I should be talking more about independent journalists, too, because independent journalists are the only safety net that we have that can write articles that we can get to the people, especially now with social media. If you know that it's actually a real journalist who's done investigation and is giving you real information. And this is where I feel different. I couldn't make this into a joke on stage. And this is why I do take this seriously. And this is another part of my brain that's working right now. I have a hard time with the podcast and and comedy. Blending those two together. Well, look, um, at some point, it'll click. And the good thing is you're not forcing it. Like, don't force it. Oh, I'm definitely it, not. It, 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 it'll, it'll click. Because the longer you do this, the longer you do anything in life, you figure it out. So uh, I just don't I, I don't know. Sometimes I take it very seriously what I say on the podcast. So sometimes take it easy. easy. I got I to relax. Easy like Sunday morning. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, we got to talk about a show that I turned Andy on to. Um, it's called The Good Lord Bird on Showtime. And Shamor, my girl Shamor, our girl Shamor, hit me up on Instagram. was like, yo, you love that show? Yo, this is my new favorite fucking show with Ethan Hawke, uh, who you guys, I'm sure, remember as Hoyt. All right, today's your training day, Officer Hoyt, and training day. Um, and I didn't know that it was based on a true story of uh, abolitionist John Brown. Yeah who uh, him and his team go around trying to liberate slaves and kills motherfuckers who oppose slavery. It's seven episodes. The first episode, he decapitates a motherfucker after asking him, do you stand for slavery? I was hooked. Well, he, I was hooked immediately. Because he, he gave you the opportunity to denounce it. He right. gave you the opportunity to change. Right. And it wasn't him that was, it was him that was doing it, but it was actually for the Lord. Hey, violence in the name of God, baby. It's the only way to do it. Uh, and it is based on the, the, the actual story of John Brown, but the, the character, Onion, right. is, is, was a way to tell the story. And let me, I'm glad you brought up Onion. Uh, not to give too much away, but fuck, you know what this is. Motherfucker, go watch it. Um, Onion, who I thought at first, in one of my notes, because usually when I watch stuff, I make notes in my phone, and I was like, why is this motherfucker sound like a dude? And it didn't hit me till episode two that Onion is a is a boy that for the you know pretty much the whole first season uh, up until the last episode is disguising himself as a girl. And I remember I, I posted on on Instagram, man, this show on Showtime, good Lord Burp. And this one black dude wrote back and said, uh, 
Oh, uh, no, nah, man, fucking a boy and a, and, a, and, a, and a girl dressed up as a girl named Onion. Man, fuck that. I'm cool. Black people, I wish we would stop it. I wish some of our black men, again, the boogeyman factor. I, you know, I, I, again, I'm not denying that Hollywood, history of America has done things to try to break black men down. Um, but it, but again, this whole notion that, you know, uh, black dudes in a dress is to somehow feminize us and break us down. When again, comedically, that's just always been a staple in comedy. So I'm saying that to say this. Stop letting machoism and homophobia rob you of the opportunity to enjoy great art. These are great black actors who are giving you great performances and a phenomenal show. You are denying yourself a chance to appreciate art from your own people because of homophobia and machoism. Give the show a fucking chance. There's a method behind the madness. There's a reason why he's doing that. And, and he explains it, though, in, the, in one of the episodes at the beginning when he's bringing, when he's bringing water out of the uh, lake. Right. Um, there's a couple. You, you, I, there, it's a very violent scene when uh, Onion's dad gets killed, um, and that's that's where I think uh, you might you missed where the explanation is because you probably after that scene happened is when he explains it, and that's probably where you uh, went up and got something to drink. <laughs> uh, but it, I think it's sensational, man. Uh, the people in it are, are great. Uh, the story. Uh, I mean, it really is based on the factual story, so it, it has movement. It is not the facts, though. And, and I'm, now I'm not complaining about it because it's a story. Right. Uh, you can you can get all the information about what really happened, but uh, it, it's loosely based and it's good. It's good, and and the way they tell the story, I thought was pretty amazing. I, I really like the Onion character because it, it gives you a way to get through the story. Right. Makes it entertaining and gives you a lot of information that was going on around. And Ethan Hawke is a beast in this motherfucker. He just plays an old crazy, and, and and part of you is going, is this nigga off? But he really believes in what he's doing uh, from a religious place, um, and and he's just, I mean, a complete opposite from Officer Hoyt and Training Day or anything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, when I watched, it, I was like, this dude plays crazy. The only person who plays crazy as good as him is Mel Gibson. Well, Mel's crazy. Yeah, but so that's why I was wondering, is Ethan Hunt? <sighs> you bitch. You fucking whore. I hope you get raped by a pack of niggers. You were supposed to blow me before that jacuzzi. The best part about that is I played it for Tara. I said, right. you want to know how crazy Mel Gibson is? Listen to right. this. So now... I can always just look at Terry and go, you bitch, you're supposed to blow me. <laughs> and it's just part of the tape. But, right. you know, I'm, I'm sending out signals. It'd be funny <laughs> if you told her that and you're yelling that to her in the bedroom. And then my head just pops in and I go, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. All right. Um, you know, there was a scene in episode two which really, like, fucked my head up where a character by the name of Sabonia um, – was trying to get Onion to get her... She wanted Onion, some paper so that Onion could write some sort of letter. And, and, to uh, free her. So to she, free her. Yeah. And, uh, of course, somehow uh, there was a rat. And pie. She, pie. Pie ratted her out. And she did I'm a, doing good with names today. Yes. Uh, 
and and they ratted her out, and basically her and some other slaves were all going to get hung because of this. And she's sitting in, in, I guess, whatever the saloon is, surrounded by all the white townsfolk. And she's at this table, and the preacher comes over, and he's, before, you know, she's about to get hung, he grabs her hands, and they pray, and he says some, quotes some things from the Bible. And I have to read from my notes here. Uh, the preacher trying to get Sabonia to confess before they brutally murder her, murdered her, all in the name of the Lord and represented by the Bible, has to be the biggest hypocritical contradiction within the name of religion. Everything in terms of forgiveness and nonviolence and Christianity, which is what the Bible and religion is supposed to represent, is constantly contradicted, contradicted by man's actions. It, it amazes me. That, like, I, I, I don't understand how back then people somehow thought it was okay to quote the Bible and say things in the name of religion and Christianity and then go out and commit heinous acts of murder and torture. Like, that's the, that's the most ridiculous shit in the world. Because that, and this is why I, and, 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 and do it with a straight fucking face. But this is where you start understanding. This is why religion is dangerous, and and, it, and religion so much of it isn't is dangerous. Critical. It's 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 people that are dangerous. This is the <sighs> evils of, uh, and and this is where I start to really like. You know how I said white people don't really identify with other white people. Right. It's who they. This is when I cringe at, at right. my white skin because mm-hmm. using the Bible to manipulate your beliefs and being hypocritical so that you can get what you want. And then and then preach about it and believe them believe in it, and then you have someone like John Brown that's supposed to be the crazy guy who has total belief in what he's doing because he, you could take everything away about his craziness, but he believed on what what you just said the spirit of that Bible was and how to treat people and be a person and be a be a righteous person, and he saw all the everybody being hypocritical in that, and he felt because of that, and that's the Lord the word of God. He could go out and he could take any of those people out. It, it it is it is hard for me to watch some of that show, and just and and that scene in particular, that one got me because that right. one was the one where I go, oh. And then if I recall correctly, she called him on the bullshit of it, and then he, and then he decided that he didn't want to. He denounced because that was going to make him have to change his right his way of how he is preaching, how he's viewing, how he's saving, how he's helping the people that he's supposed to be a, a spiritual leader for. It makes me, and now, you know, when you watch and you read and you start, and the power of TV or, or, or the medium of a, a film and television is so powerful. Right. And I never used to think that it had that kind of power. I really didn't. Right. But when you watch it and you see it, like, I, I, I understood the word devil at that moment, the white devil. Like, right. I, that right there really... And as much as I want to cringe, and when I hear it, I go, I get, I, I feel it when I hear that. I'm right. like, white devil, oh man. And then when you see that, you go, white devil, oh man. Right. I mean, it's, I hate it. I, I, I hate, I hate that I'm, I'm associated in that because I, when you see that, when you feel it, that part, I knew, I didn't even know where you're going, but when as soon as you said with her in the room, I, I, it brought back all that. Right. Thing. And she was so defiant. Like wasn't scared of death and was like fuck y'all and wasn't uh, wasn't angry. 
I, I mean, angry at the at the people in the room, but wasn't angry at uh, Onion because Onion never got her the paper. Right. Onion never, and, and she cut Onion that look. Yeah. Like I'm here because of you. Yeah, because I could have let I could have right. got out of here. She could have ratted on him. Yeah, and she could have taken that right. out and never did. Uh, and I guess, you know, th- that's a metaphor because if Onion doesn't exist, that's a metaphor for sticking together and, and not selling out your own. Right. So uh, that, that, that was, there, there's, and that's what's so great about this, uh, this series is there's powerful points in this series, uh, whether you're black or white. If you don't feel something from this story, and it is, right. something's wrong with you. You use the word hate. And uh, which helps me segue into my next thing about this, because Shamora said she loved Frederick Douglass. I fucking hated him. First of all, I didn't know that this motherfucker was such a pimp. And by pimp, I don't mean like, you know, hoeing bitches. Yo, this motherfucker dressed well, had a nice house, had two women, black and white, a European bitch. He had two women he was fucking and he had black servants, like he and he and he he was living well in Rochester, New York. Um, I didn't know that Frederick had it that nice, but what made me hate him was that that pivotal scene where uh, Brown, John Brown and his men are taking over the armory, and he swore he he even referred to uh, Frederick Douglass as King of the Negroes. Yeah. Because uh, he had this mighty, powerful influence in who he was in terms of stature and his speaking ability. And he, he felt he was a great leader. Well, and also, just, just to clarify that, even though he said King of the Negroes, he looked up. It wasn't like... A derogatory he, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it yeah. Was, he, he looked up to him because he said to, his, to uh, Onion, we're going to go see the king. King, right. The king of your people. And then the funny line, of course, though, when he said, we're going to speak to the king of the Negroes, the, the dude that was kind of like Onion's best friend, B. Yeah. He said, here I am. I'm right here. <laughs> but, but anyway, so in, in John Brown's mind, and, and I think he was, I guess he was under the illusion, he was led to believe that at some point he would call upon Frederick. And through Frederick's might and influence, he would help bring, a, bring about this grand plan to do what was necessary to win this fight. To give out all the weapons in the armory yeah. to the black men that he could round up to bring them to this right. area. And he was just going to hand them weapons and they were right. going to have their own army. And, of course, uh, Frederick Douglass didn't want to do it. And he felt that it was a suicide mission and that he could be a greater influence verbally than in terms of any, any, any kind of action and take it up in this fight. But but here's the here's where I would and I haven't done the reading or the research. I would like to know how true that was to the actual event versus. The yeah, story. I need to know too because I hate him if I don't find out something else. Because you could literally see that he had broke John Brown's heart uh, for not supporting him in the way that he thought he would. Um, kind of like that great scene in Braveheart uh, when uh, Sir Robert Bruce. Uh, betrayed Mel Gibson, and at one point uh, he's got on that all tin yeah. outfit where you can't see his face. And then when Mel Gibson yanks him off the horse, which I think is one of the best scenes in acting for no words, when Mel Gibson takes off the mask and sees it's Robert the Bruce, and just look at the eyes. He's so devastated that he's sitting there, and there are men coming to kill him, and he doesn't even care. He can't move. He's paralyzed. And you just look at his face, study the eyes. He's dead inside. And that's kind of what John Brown was feeling. And I just was like, you motherfucker. Because what it made me feel was, dude, you don't want to do this because you don't want to risk your lifestyle. 
You got two women, one white, one black. You got black servants. You dress well. You dress like the, the richest white men. You have a beautiful home. You don't want to risk your life. You don't want to risk all of that for the fight. But It made him look like a pussy. You'll see it today, though. See what today? The same thing happens today. Money changes your priorities. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm not agreeing with yeah, it. Yeah, but the difference. I'm just but, it the, does. but the difference is, if you if you're not down for the fight now, there's no real repercussions. I mean, I mean, if you if you know what I'm saying, like like if he would have if he would have been down for the fight then, as a black dude, oh, he'd have lost all of that shit. Right, might even been hung. Yeah, but he would have made, a, he would have made the. He, he would have started what? Those repercussions aren't the same today. No. No, not, not at all. Not in that sense. No, not, that's why, okay, I'm probably wrong with, with what I'm about to say, but I'll say it anyway. Um, as, as people, as, as change has occurred in this country since the Civil Rights Bill to where we are now, it seems minimal. Would you agree with that? Like, it doesn't seem like it's happening quickly enough. Like, the changes that should have been made... Uh, with with all black and brown communities in, in the United States. Compared to what it was, it doesn't necessarily seem, I wouldn't use the word minimal, there's been great strides. The problem is some of the same bullshit is still going on. Okay, agreed. But here's the other problem with it. When you had nothing, when it was black and brown communities fighting for something, when they had nothing, they had nowhere to go, they, did, they couldn't lose anything. You can push forward because you're all on the same team. You're all pushing forward. You're all trying to get to someplace. And that's where you can see the greatest change. Change slows down as people start to get comfortable, get comfortable, get little victories, get, 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 be able to move away from what was bad to where it's good. Why am I going li- to, why am I going to go fight with, with, with all this badness when, when I got it pretty good right here? What, 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 this slows down progress because now not everybody is on the same push. But historically, Frederick Douglass has always been made to look like one of the great Afro Afro Americans well, he in had, history. But to what he said, he can contribute in other ways. Maybe the and I haven't done the reading on this, but maybe the loss of him at that moment might have with what he was able to do afterwards might have changed the course. Yeah, of history. I, I don't, the way he looks in this series, and if any of you guys watch this series, please write it and tell me your opinion. He looks like a coward. They make him look like a coward and a pussy. They make him look like he wasn't down to fight, but he was going. He seemed scared every time John Brown. He knew that he was going to lose everything he had if he did it. That, that was basically and what And that's it was. how it comes off. Yeah. Uh, I would like, like, again, I haven't done the research. I would like to know what part of that story is true and how right. much of it is uh, related to what happens in the future. Uh, and I think he's going to be the main character as we go forward in this. In, Frederick in, Douglass? In season uh, two. I think I, I, so. who, I, else do you, who else is the main character? Well, I, I tell you something that I said and you told me uh, the other night. Um, the way that it ends, it was, and let me tell you, it's, it, I was so upset that there wasn't a season two already on deck. Because, I, like I said, I binge-watched the whole thing, and it's a quick seven episodes. Um, they end on John Brown look like, looking like he's about to get, excuse me, hung. And I'm going, they can't kill this motherfucker. I, I, please give me season two. <laughs> Ethan Hawke is so fucking good. I'm like, there's got to be some heroic rescue, and he, he's the star of the show. But then it also made it seem like they were setting Onion up to be the star. And it didn't dawn on me until you told me the other night that 
This is a true story. He dies. Yeah, he has to die. This is what starts the Civil War. Oh, man. But that's also because, and then here, here's the thing. Now, and I, since I haven't done the read on John Brown, and I just, I, I don't know that I like Onion enough to carry this. But okay, I understand what you're saying for the movie, but with with what you're saying, there has to be a, a connection where John Brown had to do what he did so that the, everything could progress, and you can't give up everything uh, at that moment. Right. That's that's why I think we're where it is right now. I think that's where they left it because the Civil War hasn't started yet, and you know uh, Onions at its story where he just said the best thing about the only thing that was good about John Brown being hung is that he didn't have to wear the dress anymore. That starts off they say that at the very beginning of the series, so you know that he's hung at the very Damn. beginning. Damn. Uh, here's what I'm afraid though. And I and I like listen. I like all the historical aspects of it. You know, it's an education. But what I really loved about the series was they gave you the man food, which was the violence, which was the John Brown character, the 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 hero, the 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 violent. He'll decapitate your ass in the name of you know the Lord and justice and trying to abolish slavery. You're taking my Salisbury steak out of my TV dinner. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I like the fucking mashed potatoes. I like the little apple shit that burns your mouth at a thousand degrees. I like the little vegetable pocket. But you take in my Salisbury steak. I hope they left you the onion. They left you the onion from the Salisbury steak. That was beautiful. Thank you. What a poignant way to wrap that up. (laughs) Before we get out of here, I got to ask. You seen the previews for uh, Coming to America 2? Yeah. Are you interested? I'm interested, but I just, I I fear they're going to fuck it up. Because it's a PG, it's P, it's rated PG thirteen, I think. No, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the last was, the last one was R? I, I I I don't know, but I just I worry about it because and, and listen, I, I Eddie Murphy has made his money, and rightfully so. Every dollar that he got, he deserved. He might have only put out two specials, some of the best specials ever recorded in the history of comedy. More power to him, but he's made his money with Disney. Why did they wait so long? I don't know. Like, why the fuck did they wait? It so could long? be a good thing because maybe they waited long enough where now Eddie doesn't give a, he doesn't care about the Disney, doesn't care about anything. He's going to remake Coming to America. They waited so long that we found out that them niggas in the barbershop are eternal. Yeah. <laughs> them motherfuckers was old 30 years ago. Yeah. And they still alive, nigga. And, and gained weight. Yeah. You when you when you old you already fighting death just from being old. Now you old and then gain weight, uh, dude. Yeah. Listen, man. A couple things I got from the preview. Um, that funny scene when uh, Eddie Murphy in the barbershop. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio are calling them them names. It's Winnie Mandela and so and so. It's something something Ebola. And the dude in the chair went, this is African with the flies on his face. And then he went, whoa, 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 that's too far now. <laughs> the dude in the chair should have been Cuba Gooding. Remember in yeah. the first one? Yeah, yeah. It was Cuba. Yeah. That would have been a nice yeah. little to have Cuba back in that chair. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't know, but maybe he's in a different chair. Nah, he, oh, that's hilarious. Raise your right hand, sir. Everything you say, <laughs> truth be the truth. So help you God. Um, Dude, and I think it's a travesty. Come on, man. I I, I think I somehow read something where where I guess Michael Blackson kind of has a cameo or something. But I was like, 
Why is Michael Blackson and Godfrey not in this movie? Two legit African comedians. Come on, man. I mean, a big, a big shout out to Leslie Jones and and uh, Tracy Morgan. But come on, man. I, I, they deserve to be in that fucking movie. Uh, I, I what's tra- do you know what Tracy Morgan's character is in that movie? No, I don't. No, no, but you know, probably in Africa eating elephant pussy. Put his face in the pussy. Drive down the elephant pussy. If there's anybody late, anybody listening to this podcast, and you haven't gone in order, you won't get the context of that. But if you follow it in order, I guarantee you, if you've already heard it and you haven't gotten to this point yet, when you hear this, you're gonna smile. Motherfucker, Zamunda eating elephant pussy. <laughs> Don't say I never set you up well, dude. You threw a couple lobs today. <laughs> That that Salisbury and onion thing was beautiful, man. But they left you the oh. onion. That's good comedy writing. See? You getting it? <laughs> okay. Um, we want to do some shout-outs or anything? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we got to start putting this shit at the beginning. Man, all of our social media is Spearsburg uh, Pod. Yeah. Spearberg, Spearsburg Pod. Pod. And you can... You can get it on all of our social media, which is YouTube, uh, Instagram, Patreon, Patreon. We have a Patreon account. We are. Listen, and I know we have people on there. You're going to get some videos coming. We're doing some new stuff. You're going to get it all. The tiers are being set up. You're going to be taken care of. Uh, Anybody who's been on there for a while, I got some free shit coming out to you as soon as we get it all set up. And it's going to be hopefully here before February. We'll get it all done. Yeah, you've been with us this long. So just continue to ride this motherfucker out. It'll come together. Um, And uh, you'll be the you'll be the uh, what's one of the first. What are they called? I'm going to be honest with you. I I wouldn't even. Don't don't worry about it. I was trying to set up who we about to. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Play on this motherfucker. And as we said, I think we said at the beginning, we're going to be, when you're listening to this, uh, the following week will be in Virginia Beach, Funny Bone, which is one of my favorite Funny Bones is Virginia Beach. So come check us out if you're in that area. Yo. Okay. Right now, uh, without further ado, uh, coming to you right now is my man. I've played him, I think, once before. I got to play him again. Uh, my man, his real name is Maurice Dotson, but he goes by the doctor. And I'm going to spell it out for you because it's important to him. T-H-A-D-O-C-C-T-A-H. The doctor. You can find him up on YouTube under that name, Instagram that name, and all things social media. This song is entitled God Bless the Child or God Bless Child. So enjoy. Remember, the doctor, T H A. D-O-C-C-T-A-H. Yeah. The doctor. The doctor. Here we go. This one here is for my bewildered children that's living in project buildings. Got ambitions of making millions without the dope of the deal. And I just want to tell these punk pigs they will never even care you over talking too loud or paraphernalia. But it's up to you to do what you're supposed to do. Your destination lies in your hands. Tell that to my oldest too. And uh, for pigs harassing and putting niggas in caskets. Dirty bastards, all just clansmen singing the national anthem. Hate this game with a passion. I blame the game for the nasty things been seen by the youngest and false teachers, the pastors, from crack preachers and and crack dealers and geeks. 
takers I really the demons that take us and lead us To make the reaper see the reason I stress it Cause life is so damn depressing Ain't no question that we headed straight for the devil's direction From sex and catching infections Had raw needle injections See our people crying and dying But you still ain't learned your lesson To all my soldiers and my hustles and youngsters Living amongst us on the grind from doing time And still seeking justice from judges Making gangster papers fun but it comes to reaper God bless the child that's living buck wild, headed for self-destruction To all my soldiers and my hustles and youngsters Living amongst us on the grind from doing time And still seeking justice from judges Making gangster papers fun but it comes to repercussions God bless the child that's living buck wild, headed for self-destruction I know it sounds kind of odd coming from me, Father God But please release us from the trials and tribulations That we face across the nation that the people with the black faces That keep catching cases That are forced to live a life of fraud Because they can't find a job Please bless the millions of children whose hearts are still healing from the deaths of their sister and brother because of the straight bullet from the police See, to kill it ain't the niggas that be hard, perpetrating, pretending like they're winning, but deep inside they pride is died from the years they spent in prison. All the ones that be claiming they gang banging and slanging, but stitching the awaiting just to keep from doing probation. It's the ones that had that grind in mind to make the computer. All the ones that sacrificed their life and died for our future. A lot of late. Can you feel it, baby?